Is that somebody sandwich? I am starving. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to the start of the Avengers End Game review episode. Oh, you just had to get that end game in there one more time, Chris. Uh-huh. We started this back in 2008 us as in this uh, superhero MCU universe we are now 22 films in Chris Mm -hmm. and just 6 days short of 11 year anniversary of Iron Man the first MCU movie coming out and it's kind of crazy how it's all built to this and uh, we are now here to finally review the end of the Infinity Saga as Kevin Feige calls it so just at the top here, since spoilers have been such a big issue with this movie, obviously we're going to start spoiler-free. We're going to give you a very, very large warning when we start to talk about spoilers, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine anybody listening right now that cares about spoilers and hasn't seen this movie yet. Like, you gotta you gotta check this movie out <laughs> this weekend. I there's, you, there's no hope for you once Monday comes along. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, you just have to see it. Well, I am, I'm pretty sure as many messages as I've received in the past 12 hours, <laughs> um, no, 24 hours now, uh, it is, I guarantee you so many people who are listening have watched it. And I think this calls for a very special kind of review episode, Mike, where Uh we just give our thoughts up front and then we jump right into the spoilers because they're like, there's so much in this. I I don't feel we can be coherent without giving anything away. I 100% agree. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Mike, to tell me what you thought of Avengers Endgame. Well, I almost think it's absolutely irresponsible to review this movie after only seeing it once. And I haven't even had 24 hours to digest it yet. You know, I I feel like I just went through a a physical and emotional roller coaster ride that ended at like 2 a.m. in the morning. And I'm running on like five hours of sleep. So it's just... I never expected this movie to be so physically taxing, which is usually not what happens uh, with movies. Mm-hmm. So it was it, it was everything that I, I wanted it to be. I had those big moments that I was hoping for. Um, it, I, I just feel like I'm still like a basking in this movie. Um, I think I, I told you earlier off mic, like, you know, when you stare at a really bright light for a little too long and you turn away and you blink and you kind of see that bright spot in your eye still, I feel like whenever, like I'm blinking, like now, just like looking off into the distance, I'm seeing flashes of this movie, like in my brain, it's like, this is going to stick with me for a really long time. And it's incredibly hard to not recommend this movie. Um, you know, I usually divide my Marvel movies up in the tiers, like top tier, medium tier, and bottom tier. Safe to say this is top tier. And I went in with extraordinarily high expectations because I knew I could. This is basically a part two of Infinity War from the same filmmakers that made Infinity War and also arguably my favorite MCU, uh, Winter Soldier. So I was all on board. Uh, very rarely you can go into a movie with such high expectations and get paid off. So I 
I, I couldn't be any happier right now. Um, of course, no movie out there is perfect. So I do have some nitpicks, but I mean, that's just for the sake of nitpicking, you know? So that's, and it's also just gives you avenues to just kind of talk about this film in just like a fun way. You know, if you go hang out with friends this weekend or the, you know, the following weeks, you can talk about different counterpoints in the movie. Uh, so it just makes this film even, even more exciting. So, uh, usually before we hop on the mic for a movie, we try to keep our opinions to ourselves, but I think I, I let some of my opinions leak in the form of text messages last night. So I think you kind of already knew where I was heading in the direction for this film. So now I'm really anticipating Chris, what your thoughts on this movie are. And then when you're done, we're jumping right into spoilers for this movie. It, it was it was awful. No, I'm kidding. I had to pull one of those on you, Mike, because you did that for Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. Uh, it, it is a good, great movie. Uh, like you said, I always start off like this is not the perfect movie. So if someone's expecting the perfect movie, you're 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 going to be shut down a little bit. But that does not diminish how big and bold and great this film is. We've been on this journey for 11 years now, and um, watching all. 11 movies has paid off. Uh, not 11 movies, all 11 years of movies. 22, 22 movies. movies has paid off in this culmination, Mike. And um, when, when without, you know, if, again, if you haven't seen it, you should not have been listening to this. But to, <laughs> to say, you know, you know, if you've been along on that journey, even if you joined the journey later in that, if you didn't jump on Iron Man, or maybe you came in at the Avengers, or even later, um, there are things about all those films that every movie has a part, a little bit of their soul, if you will, in this film, mm-hmm. and, and you feel it. Um, there are um, things that we predicted, things that we didn't predict, uh, things that uh, blow your mind. And uh, when you close your eyes, like Mike says, you see them. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, as someone, I think someone said that. Um, if you look at it, you have to watch Infinity War to watch this. I don't think you can go into this one blind. Oh, uh, no. Um, you should have watched them all, but I'm just saying if you had to watch a movie before this, it's Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, but Infinity War is the brawn movie, and this one is the brain movie. Uh, it's kind of a thinking man's Avengers, if you will. <laughs> I um, would agree with that. Um, and um, and, and uh, it's just it's just hard to talk about. It's so much. It's so overwhelming. I saw it well I was at well out of it. I was out of my movie before Mike went into his. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, 22 movies, that is almost identical to the length of, like, TV shows in seasons. So how on earth do you get on a microphone and review the season finale of a show uh, without any spoilers? So it's just, this has just been the most amazing season, I guess, of television and the most expensive season of television I think we've ever seen. Uh, the budget is estimated for all of these films to be between, like, four and like 4.6 billion dollars so yeah you you absolutely have to uh think about all of these other films yeah and 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 it's even if you don't uh there are moments in this movie that makes you kind of wish you had uh and Mm -hmm. then you might go back and watch them again with maybe a new light um so to speak so uh i i think we we can't keep the lid on this any longer we have oh, no. we have to get into this because like there are uh, it's not hype it's so much excitement about this film mike uh we're, mm-hmm. we're beyond hype well uh, i don't know what the next level of hype is but we 
we are there into it. The, so. the, the hype train has converted into a, a hype spaceship. We have time jumped mm-hmm. to another side of the galaxy, and we are looking for our own Infinity Stones right now. Yeah, uh, it's a, a hype a hype Quinjet. <laughs> whatever they're called i don't know anyway so uh at this mark i'm going to put it in our time codes here about eight minutes in we are doing spoilers so chris what did i tell you years ago that i wanted to see at the end of this movie the, i've been talking credits. about no i've been talking about this moment for years and years and years and then thor ragnarok came around and i thought i was never gonna get it and I also thought it was never going to happen because it was already done once, one other time in Age of Ultron. And then it finally happened on the big screen. And, like, Chris, I'm not ashamed to say, like, the, the scene that, tr- that progressed after that, like, I was – I had tears of joy. Like, if anybody looked at me in the movie theater underneath my uh, 3D glasses, they just would have seen, like, the light reflecting off of the tears. It was, it was amazing. It was glorious. And it was when Cap – picked up that hammer i mean i couldn't have asked for a better moment in this movie chris well i think it's better he didn't pick it up that he was already using it came to his hand i think that's the difference like there was no build-up or anticipation it just happened and the immediate scene that followed was full of complete kick-assery uh and that's not a word but like he is simultaneously using his iconic shield Mm-hmm. And Thor's hammer. Now, now I want to add something that I thought was going to happen here, Mike. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the film, Tony Stark hands him his chest reactor and says, "When you see Thanos, put this on him." Oh yeah, I was kind of. Is that kind of like the, the Chekhov's gun? The gold. Like I was. Yeah, I, I thought. I of that thought too, he but... was going to put it on himself and use all three of their weaponry against oh, Thanos. That would have been cool. Like a, a blaster, a hammer, and a shield all at once. But they didn't have to. Again, we've been set up and, and I, th- that's one of those moments like in literally in the first Avengers movie when Tony Stark falls out of the wormhole and Hulk roars in life. I thought Thor was going to recharge his battery with his mm. hammer because they did that earlier in the movie. Um, but anyway, it, it, that's not a complaint. That's just a um, a very, very exciting moment which literally leads into the, the the second biggest moment, Mike, uh, when the Avengers actually assemble for the first time in 22 years. Wow, yeah, those uh, those tears uh, kept on rolling when those um, when those portals started opening all around them, and then just I I I never thought it would have been possible to uh, like outdo the battle that we got in Wakanda just a year ago. I, mm. I didn't think it was possible. Like I thought, like you were saying about this movie, this was the thinking man's movie. I thought maybe they were going to take a more emotional approach, which they absolutely did. But not only did we get that, we also got a, the biggest battle you've ever seen. Something I thought could only ever, uh, transgress inside of like comic book pages. Like when you are seeing scenes of Valkyrie flying through the air on a Pegasus, you have Spider-Man swinging around holding the Infinity Gauntlet. You have Giant Man in the you background squashing things. I felt like I was looking at a splash page come to life. It was just amazing. And it's like as I turn the page, more and more splash pages. It's like the entire trade was nothing but like full page spreads. It was just... I was just in awe. I was, I couldn't, I just, honestly, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And I I think uh, a lot of people will echo that sentiment (laughs) as well. Um, And and it ended, you know, uh, we can't, it's hard to not talk about the end of the movie because that's the last part we saw, right? Mm -hmm. It's easier to talk about the beginning, but like, 
I didn't see the ending going that way at all. No. To can be completely uh, honest. So Yeah, l- last week uh I mean, besides all of the time travel uh going into the plot of the ending, I predicted on the show last week that I was totally expecting it to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I felt like he had less ties uh to the world, so he would want to be the one to make the sacrifice. But Tony, it just totally made sense once it started happening. He started the entire MCU. You know, it makes it even more of an emotional impact that he was fighting for this new family that he had just found. Uh, and he was already willing to pretty much sacrifice himself in Infinity War. Like he, when he was using every little nanoparticle of his suit to just try to drive that last stake into Thanos' heart, you know, he was doing everything that he could. So it just, it made total sense. I was totally happy to be wrong that the, that it went to him. And I, I'm not sure about your movie theater, but, uh, that move that there was people openly weeping when mm-hmm. he died in my theater. You could just hear it. You could hear the people sniffling well, and just the, the moans throughout the, the audience. I, I think, you know, honestly, it even started beforehand. If you go back to the loss of actually Natasha Romanov. A oh, yeah. completely left field thing, knowing that they're working on her solo movie for yeah. next year. Um, I, I guess that's going to be a prequel, right? Yeah. And, well, every time uh, Hawkeye tries to sacrifice himself in one of these movies, somebody else does. Uh, Age of mm-hmm. Ultron was Quicksilver, um, so on and so forth. So he he just can't kill himself to, for for trying. <laughs> and that was just that was just a crazy scene. I mean, how often do you see people commit com- like competing to commit suicide? It was just. It was like it was kind of it was like an odd tone I've never seen before where it was like competitive one-upsmanship but then also the friendship there of just because they've always been like you know kind of like at each other a little bit and then and I wasn't expecting it and like I guess do we just assume now that uh that previous version of Gamora and now um Black Widow are are gone for good. You know a lot of theories out there are that like they are still residing in the Soul Stone. I guess that still could be true, but they really kind of pitched it in this film as a finality to those roles. Well, and and even Hulk said he tried to bring her back with the uh-huh. stones and and he couldn't. Now, the stones did not get destroyed. No, Captain America took them back. Um so, but they they took them back to their previous yeah. like time stream. Yeah. So in the canonical MCU that we are going to be existing in, Thanos destroyed the stones. But he technically destroyed them for no reason because they got their own stones and undid what he did. So I, there are no more stones in our reality of the MCU. Yeah. So I was uh, I, I'll go and admit I was wrong on two occasions. Once the suits were not um, anti um, Infinity Stone suits. And nor and this wasn't mine. I didn't believe it, but those handheld things were not stone holders, um, mm-hmm. as we predicted. But yeah. also, uh, I I did not think it would be Captain Marvel who found Tony Stark. But I also didn't put the end credits of Captain Marvel before this movie, and that was my fault. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it opened with Captain Marvel finding them, I was like, oh, interesting. I was well well wrong in that one. So I will admit I will admit I was wrong, Mike. <laughs> it's totally okay yeah. uh, to, to not be right. But you were a little closer than I was. You kind of had like this more of a, a technical science idea of might be going on with those suits. And I just thought they were flight suits. But wow, was I surprised that the Avengers did exactly what we all wanted them to do within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It just did It just didn't work. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he he went for the head. I took the arm and the head off. Yeah, and... I was just I was just sitting in my seat, almost just kind of like looking around. I was just like, they're already in space. What like what's going on? Like where? Are they? Okay, they're already found Thanos on the planet. What's going on? Is there a trap down there? And then they just go to. I was like, what's happening here? And then the the stones are gone, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Here's the problem that they actually really have to overcome. Yeah. So that leaves us in an interesting thing where I'm going to ask you. The MCU is now five years forward. Technically, the year would be 2023 mm-hmm. where this movie ended. Um, what's up with that? Uh, <laughs> well, I have a lot of questions after this. Not bad questions, just like, where the fuck do you go now? Like, what what's left for us? Well, I think there's definitely room within those five years if anybody wanted to have any fun. You know, I suppose uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the the next season, could theoretically, maybe that season could operate within those five years. Because one thing I thought this movie was going to do, I thought they were going to rewrite reality and go back and fix everything. But no, everybody on this planet had lived through what they went through. So Mm -hmm. I really, really like that idea because that really makes this world world extremely fun to explore. Do you think they take it as five years or do they like reverse the time like look this is we we don't mention these five years ever again i i i think i think this is their new version of the new york incident i think now going forward when we get these disney plus shows i i guess maybe they i mean what it's you, called uh it's called wanda and vision and vision's not around anymore so maybe that's a prequel show well, too. Well, loki's I, also dead yeah, so I guess I'm not really sure what's happening on that front. But Bucky and uh, Winter Soldier, I like the idea of them running around, kind of tossing yeah. the shield back and forth. So, for example, in that type of show, I like them operating in a world where things have just catastrophically shifted for the last five years. Like, imagine all of the all of the the the, the do-gooders and the the bad doers, I guess, that have now shifted and fluctuated all around the planet, and now they have to go fix that problem because well, that was one thing that really influenced the MCU going forward. They always talked about the incident, what happened in New York, how it shaped them as people. So now I think that's very interesting. Now you have this global catastrophic event that was pretty much fixed, but things still probably aren't back to normal. Well, so I love that playground that they set up. You know, if if it works out that way, yes. Um, my concern is half of Spider-Man's classmates would have been wiped out, right? But they're mm-hmm. all in Far From Home. So what do you do with someone who aged five years and then someone who didn't age five years and technically uh, had the same mentality? I, ge- I guess I didn't think about that, but I guess there's always different ways you can spin it because I feel like with these big grandiose ideas, it's just like a smart person in one of these movies just has like a one-off line of just like, well, yeah, you were gone for five years, but when you came back, like, I don't know, you, you were re slotted back into our time stream or who knows, who knows, maybe when Thanos snapped his fingers and these people disappeared from reality, maybe they just didn't theoretically stop existing. I'm not really too sure, but I'm not, I guess in high school, it makes a lot of sense because high school is very, very rigid around grades and graduating and moving on to the next step. So that makes a lot of sense. But overall, five years doesn't, I don't think mean a whole lot to like Bucky and Falcon over the grand scheme of their age. But also the time, the time in general has always been a little malleable and wonky. So I feel like that could be five years forward, but I wouldn't, 
be going to the next MCU movie being like, hey, hey, wait a minute, that's an iPhone like eight. Shouldn't well, they be on like the iPhone twelve by now? But, so but, that's but, one but, thing that but I'm but not the thing too worried is, about. They, I think the world completely stopped after that though. Like there was no like New York after five years, the harbor was still clogged up cars were still messed up everywhere i think the world completely stopped after five years like so we're not going to see new technology but i'm just saying like literally the next movie is peter parker going on adventure with all of his high school friends at some point in time if this is after in game they should all be like half of them should be five years older yeah so that is that is one curious like I'm, i'm not i'm not trying to find an answer i'm just saying like we have a lot of questions to going for then the movie after that is literally black widow who is dead in, mm-hmm. in, in, in one of the permadeath scenarios because Gamora was permanently dead. Vision is permanently dead that we've seen so far. Yeah. Like, we are, the- we have a lot of question marks over a lot of big, important things while they're setting up the future with those big, important people. Yeah. And if that threw us for a loop. Like, that literally, yeah. I did not expect any of that to happen. Yeah. So it sounds like we're pretty heavy into talking about this uh, whole time travel aspect. So let's get into that because I really feel like we're looking at, like, two movies here. I felt like I sat down and watched two movies back-to-back, to be honest. Uh, we had, like, this whole time travel concept, which was very interesting and fun to watch, watching these people go back to these iconic films, seeing themselves, trying to mess with the, with, uh, with the timeline, uh, but then setting up these stakes where we don't have to worry about them running into each other because that's what you want to see. You want to see Captain America fight Captain America. You don't want to have to worry about the, the, the flap of a butterfly's wings effect, you know. So mm-hmm. it's good that they set up kind of the rules of the time travel, but I still don't entirely understand it. And I think even if somebody tried to explain it to me, even if they knew all of it, I think if the Russo brothers sat down and tried to explain it to me, I'd still be a little confused. Like, okay, come back to me in like a month after I've seen the movie one or two more times, then maybe I'll be on par. But I just kind of push some of those bigger kind of questions out of the way so I can kind of enjoy this well, kind of like time heist. I, I enjoy the film. I enjoy the time travel. But there are two questions about time travel I have that, that when we talk about nitpicks, you have to nitpick, right? Yeah. Time travel brings up my two biggest nitpicks, Mike. Mm-hmm. One is where did Loki go with that cube, and where did he go? But also, does it matter? Well, I think because- I, my my theory is, and you tell me what you think. The Disney Plus series is going to be that journey, and then it's going to end with him being ending up back there at that moment where he lost, he left with the cube. I mean, I think that could be that could be clever. That could be interesting. That you know that lets you go back into Loki. But um, even though even though we talk about these movies on ad nauseum every single week, and we are so into the MCU, I I kind of had a little trouble following some of this stuff. Like they would say, like somewhere in space, two thousand fourteen, and I'd be like, oh shit, what movie came out in twenty fourteen? Hold on, I'm trying to put this together. Okay, they're on Vormir, Morag. Okay, but but then they're on Morag. I'm like, okay, okay, Morag was in Guardians. What year was that? So I, I'm not saying that there was any easy way to execute it because I still love the idea. But man, I don't even know what you do if you walked into this movie just an extremely casual moviegoer. Like if you've only seen maybe a handful of these movies, I mean, good luck and God bless you. But uh, I guess you would just uh, throw your arms up and be just like, okay, just show me the cool stuff and the punching, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it was interesting because I, I likened them trying to find out where all the stones were uh, in the in the best times to us watching the movies. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, oh, three stones were on Earth, literally. At this one point in time, yeah, I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is what this is. This is smart. You guys are putting it together. And then they were like, okay, well, 
I think they could have gone and gotten the Aether from the Collector easier than trying to extract it from Natalie Portman in uh-huh. Asgard. So I thought that was a very convenient um, way to revisit uh, the Dark World, which was also partially written by Christopher Marcus and, and Stephen McFeely, who wrote this movie. Uh, oh. They're they're credited as one of the three screen two of the three screenwriters yeah. on it. Um, and that was an- that was another mental hurdle too because I kept thinking no 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 there's gotta be a better way for you to get this gem but then I would have to track back and be like well wait a minute I don't think they know what we know so that is the only logical place that they know where to go which kind of showed an example when they go back to New York and they're just like oh you're five years too early Doctor Strange is doing surgery like up the road and I was like oh that's really clever you know they thought it was there but yeah they really don't know a whole lot about Doctor Strange they just met the dude well I would give you that except for the Aether in literally in Infinity War Thor's like yeah we sent the Aether the the power or the reality stone to the collector that's how he Mm -hmm. knew how to go to nowhere to begin with in the first movie. But it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. That's not a yeah. problem. This is not this stopping is, me from enjoying this movie immensely. But yeah, I, this is one of these Russo brother quotes that I like to go back to since we've had so many fine Russo brothers movies in the MCU so far is they operate on this strategy of we're okay with letting some of these little things go as long as the broader strokes of the movie are really, really uh, pleasing the audience. Because if the audience is buying into everything else, you can let kind of some of these other things slide because you get the benefit of moving the story along and getting to the amazing parts where like uh, Hawkeye is like repelling up a tunnel and like chopping these outriders in half. And then he finally makes it to the top and he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, um, it, it was just really fun to actually see all the little people come back. Mm-hmm. Um, including, you know, like the ancient one, Tilda Swinton, Renee Russo. We even got to see, um, retired actor, Robert Redford return as, um, uh, the Hydra leader there trying yeah. to get the ship. Now, oh, man. Speaking of Hydra. The, that... the, the, the elevator, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, he's going to get in there. I'm like, does anybody want to get off? But he that threw me for a loop. And it was awesome. Yeah, that scene threw me for a loop a little bit, too, because I knew they were an Avengers 1 movie, but it was set and, and seemed a lot like uh, Winter Soldier. So I was just like, wait, no, I thought Cap was an Avengers, but I was like, oh, I think they're just paying homage to the last time he was mm-hmm. in an elevator with literally almost the same exact people. Uh, and then when he leaned over into the Hell Hydra, I was like, oh, that's so smart. It totally works. He's using his knowledge to his advantage. Yeah, man, that was that was a satisfying payoff. Mm-hmm. And then to see Captain America fight Captain Captain America uh, was pretty good. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. know. And then it brings back that line. Um, uh, He knocks me. He's like, "That is America's ass." Like, Uh, yeah, that was that was really fun. Uh, Coming on the on the costume, you know, for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Literally every movie was touched in this. I think the question I I've had the most this week, Mike, in the past twenty four hours is, "Who the hell is that kid at the lake?" And I will tell oh, you, yeah. it is Harley Keener, I believe that's his name. He's the kid from Iron Man 3, and that's the actual actor grown up. Um, oh, man. I was, I was uh, when that scene happened, extremely emotional. But when I saw that kid, I leaped forward in my seat, and I was looking around, and I was just like, was that Aaron Taylor Johnson? And I was like, oh, no, bring it back. Rewind. Can somebody hit that pause button? Uh, because I thought, you know, who knows, you know, Tony, Tony snapped his fingers. Who knows what he could have, you know, wished for. Uh, but I guess that makes sense. It's the, it's the kid from, uh, the third movie. Well, cause that, that, that scene, it literally, I think it literally includes every major actor in an MCU movie all at once in mm-hmm. one continuous shot. 
But also the final kind of wraps up Iron Man's arc and all the mm-hmm. characters. He's he's really uh, affected throughout the whole thing. So um, even 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 got a little bit of a Nick Fury cameo. He didn't say anything, but he showed up. Yeah, he he's a he's the strong silent type for sure. Mm-hmm. Speaking of strong silent types, I was <laughs> well, I'm 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 pleased that I forgot Captain Marvel was in this movie for most of the movie. Until I'm like, what the hell are they shooting at in the clouds? What armies? Oh my god, it's, it's Captain Marvel. Yeah, it gave her her very own uh, Thor Stormbreaker moment from the uh, from Infinity War. So yeah. that was great because I th- literally said last week on the show I want another one of those moments, and I and I got one. It was great. And, and, and even Thor, not Thor, Thanos headbutted her and was like, and she didn't flinch at all. And I was yeah. like, that's badass. Uh, the, the whole everyone taking taking him on was pretty cool. Uh, there's so much we got. We got to see the um, the A Force, the female Avengers, kind of team up there. Pepper had her that, own suit. That was uh, that was really badass to kind of go like this is what happens when you have 11 years and 22 movies. You can get these badasses all on the screen together. Um, it would have been so cool if um, Scarlett Johansson could have been in that group, but she made the ultimate uh, sacrifice. So. Yeah. Uh, they were all doing it for her. They, they were. Uh, Scarlet Witch kind of got a little bit of her come up as against Thanos. Uh, he was like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Which, that's another thing. If that Thanos came to the future, did the other timeline ever happen? Yeah. So that's... I feel like once this movie was over, I was thinking there's going to be so many timelines made by people. There's going to be so many infographics trying to I've grapple with what's happening several. here. <laughs> it was not yeah. explained. It was not presented very well. So I'm going to give it another like 24 hours before I start looking again. Yeah. I mean, it was a smart storytelling uh, mechanic to, to say you have two, um, you have a uh, two nebulas existing at the same time. I could totally get that their kind of computers would sync up. So I thought that was a, t- a clever storytelling mechanic. Uh, but, it, they they made it seem like time travel was incredibly difficult. It took an extremely smart mind to figure it out, and it seemed like uh, all it took Nebula and Thanos was just a couple of pin particles. But but they um, they didn't have any extras when when she came back. They only had enough for one return trip. So I guess maybe she reprogrammed it to work to send someone else through. Or well, I guess they had. Man, I'm still so they had they had the good nebula on the ship. So I guess the bad nebula took the good nebula's tech, her basically her time yeah. travel suit, and used it. And then when she got back to the future, oh my god, I can't believe I just said the movie title. And, actually, and they mentioned a, that quite a bit in there. Yeah, in a serious way, I actually used the functional title of that movie. And then she used her uh, fingers into that machine to bring Thanos in the timeline. And I guess it kind of makes sense because Nebula had all of the data in her head, so they were able to decode it. So I, there's just enough of it there. But if they, in, if, a, if in they, a worse movie, they just would have glossed over it to make it two hours, you know? Right. I just think that if they could pull anything from any point in time, why didn't they just pull the stones in themselves? Instead, they pulled Thanos' ship. I, I'm, it's not, it's not, bother me. not oh, okay, bothering me. I see what you're saying. Not yeah. bothering me, but like... That like when people sit down after the 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 glow of this movie because it is so amazing, you're gonna be like, okay, there's a couple things, but it, it doesn't matter because twenty two, you got twenty two years of movie or not twenty two, I, mm-hmm. I do this all day, eleven years of movies, twenty two movies, all combining ones. It's not, it can't be perfect. You had too many hands in these plots and yeah. stories, but I- it, it's that last hour is just mind blowing. Wow, it was it was. 
I honestly felt like the first two acts of the film could have just been a picture of a dog turd on the sidewalk, and I would have sat through it just to get to that last act. I'm not saying the first two acts was a dog turd in any stretch of the imagination, but that, that last part was just so incredibly satisfying. Like, the execution was just flawless. Like, the Russo brothers absolutely nailed it, and I, I, I just I just want to give them a hug if I could, especially because one of the Russo brothers was in this movie, and he was kind of sad. He was just like, I cried before the salad came. And I was like, that guy looks familiar. I'm pretty sure that's a Russo brother. And then I he looked is. up online, and it was... He had a talking point, and uh, he was um, gay, which was very interesting, very forward-thinking of him. Because you know, so yeah, talking about that. So, and speaking of little cameos, I think the Russo brothers have now officially gotten all of the community cast, the NBC sitcom community. I think all of them have made it. Maybe not Joel McHale. I don't know if Joel McHale has been in these movies. So maybe they just are down one. But, you know, who knows? I would imagine if the the Russo brothers wanted to make another Marvel movie, they would absolutely let them. So maybe that's going to be Joel's McHale time to shine. Um, But, wow, yeah, that last act was great. I think most of my pet peeves in this film are in that first, uh, probably I would say the second act of the movie Mm. when they're doing all of this, uh, groundwork to kind of get the time travel up and running, kind of getting the Avengers back together. Uh, I was I was kind of a little lost. I was like, okay, where's what's the direction of this movie? What are the stakes right now? Like, okay, when they get the stones back, you know, is, is that going to be the end of the movie? I wasn't saying I was upset that I, I wasn't able to telegraph the ending, but, you know, I was just a little lost. I was trying to find focus, and I would say my major Marvel pet peeve, if I have to brand it Marvel-wise, creeped into the movie a little bit, was they started undercutting some of the drama with humor. I love Marvel quips. I love the 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 mixture of action and humor because that's just kind of like my DNA as a person too. I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I kind of had a similar critique when I was watching Thor Ragnarok, which is still a movie that I really, really love, was there would be a, a very dramatic moment that could possibly be very undercut with a joke and it's just like you know that joke is funny i agree but like maybe now wasn't the right time for it so i have to say it was a very crazy to see fat uh, thor with uh, a thor beer Lebowski. gut thor Lebowski. yeah thor Lebowski. i mean that was humorous on a whole i really loved that but really he, he was a really down and out character who failed to save the universe and you know i was expecting a character like that if he was falling to his lowest he would be a little bit more than just a goofy, wacky, the dude. And he pretty much remained the dude through most of the movie. So, I mean, obviously, I think some people totally enjoyed that. There's no reason you can't enjoy it. But those were kind of my biggest concerns. Uh, but, it, you know, if those are your biggest concerns in the movie, you're you're doing pretty it, well. It, it did pay off with his um, Viking braided beard when he got his armor. Oh, the the- there's going to be so many Thors at Comic-Con this year because you don't even have to be in shape. And all you have to do is grow a beard and braid it. You know, just go to your local... Yeah. Uh, Go to your local hairstylist and be like, "Can you braid this up like uh like Chris Hemsworth? Like I got Comic Con next week, baby." So, wow, uh, there's gonna be lots of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this movie did. I mean, it did. It juggled a lot of plot lines in the middle, uh, but you know, I, I kind of I, I enjoyed all the different places they had to go and revisiting, mm-hmm. especially when Tony went back. Tony and Steve went back again to steal the pin particles. We got you know a Michael Douglas cameo mm-hmm. in there. Um, 
de-aged Michael Douglas yet again with the Stan Lee make make love not war. Uh, great, great cameo. My uh, my audience applauded for sure because I think everyone kind of knew this might be the last time we see this guy. Yeah. Uh, so going back to the seventies to steal pin particles and the cube at the same time. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. um, there's so much going. Like I need to see it again. I'm going to see it again Sunday, uh, and then mm-hmm. next Tuesday, like we talked about. <laughs> like, I'm going to unpack a lot of this still because like it, it's so. Yeah, it's just full of a feeling because you're you're wrapping all this up and like there is some stakes and like people are gone for good. So yeah. what what do you do with all this? Stuff? I I I cried three times. I will I will I will recount them right now very quickly. I ta- I cried tears of joy uh, when Cap picked up that hammer and was juggling his shield back and forth. I felt like I was just a child again like and that's not something that usually happens once you start to grow up and start to pay bills and taxes so that was just pure unadulterated joy uh i started uh weeping when tony finally died and it finally like sets in with you like oh this is permanent he's not coming back and the way pepper just like handled it like a boss i mean she was obviously emotionally torn up but she was just like you you don't have to worry about us anymore i think that might have been almost the exact line she had and then one that got to uh, my wife equally as much as when uh, Happy Hogan is sitting on the porch with uh, with Tony's daughter, and he's just like, "I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want." And I was like, "You, you're goddamn right. She's gonna get all the cheeseburgers she wants." Which is and a throwback I, to Iron Man One because he wanted yeah. cheeseburgers. And I I love the idea that he was able to have a daughter and move on because that really cements the idea that we need to that they really wanted to keep what had happened because. We don't know entirely the rules of the gauntlet, but we know it kind of works like a genie lamp a little bit. There's obviously shades of gray in there that we'll probably never understand because you don't want to decode it too much because it takes literally the magic away from it. But you could think, oh, snap your fingers and just, you know, set everything back to how it was, you know, and make sure Thanos isn't there either. Um, But I like that now that the kid was born, like there's a chance that he might not be able to have that kid again. He's going to lose all those memories and... Like uh, I watched a a time uh, a time travel movie. I forgot what what it was called, but it was like an indie movie where like uh, this guy had like a niece, and then he traveled back in time, and then it was like a nephew. And it's like that kid is still the exact same age, but it's literally a totally different person. Uh, So I totally felt Tony stakes there, and uh, I love the sandbox that they've made. Now I'm really curious, you know, what they're going to do with it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not predictable. We we can't predict anything. I mean, so I, I think the – okay, before I forget, the bigger time travel question that I'm trying to wrap my head around, maybe you can explain it. Maybe you won't be able to explain it to me until Tuesday after you've seen it a couple more times. So Captain America's ending, extremely satisfying. He finally yeah. got the girl old. He got to he got marry the girl. his – he got to marry his best gal. He finally got that, that dance. Um, and apparently when Chris Evans gets, gets old, he's going to look a lot like um, – <laughs> who's who's that uh, old band director that once was an actor? I, I forgot his. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. I was like, I guess he's going to look a lot like Clint Eastwood when he gets old. So Captain America obviously goes back in time to put these stones back where they belong, and we are to presume that he went back to. I'm not entirely sure what time, possibly the 50s, and then he stayed there. So and then he grew. He grew old. 
So I'm just trying to think, how does that work to where now he's old in our concurrent timeline? Wouldn't the fact of him existing for all of these years in their timeline have affected all of these well, other events? It could have unless he was very careful and stayed out of those events, like kept a low profile. Like they didn't yeah. know. No one knew Captain America existed. He just took a different name maybe. Yeah, I suppose. Or maybe, I mean, I guess he still had the – the time travel stuff, I guess there's always the option that he just lived his life out in this possibly alternate time stream. And then, you know, once uh, Peggy passed away, uh, he decided to just return to his uh, time to kind of see his friends once more. Um, I, that, that's a, a possibility too. So that's one thing where the timeline gets kind of confusing and hard for me to wrap my head around. But man, I was I, he handed that shield over to Falcon and Bucky I, gave I, him I don't the, think he the nod. It, but that's, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> well, well, I think he said uh, he's going to he he personally said himself that he did it and he was going to earn it. So I don't necessarily think he is. Necessarily now officially Captain America, but it does make me look forward to the Disney Plus streaming show, which I hope takes place in our current timeline, because I really want to see his adventures with Bucky, them trying to live up to the the idea of what Captain America was, and how they're probably going to have to deal with the idea that they're always going to fall short, because they are not super soldiers. I mean, Bucky's a little, a little bit closer, but I think he's a little too emo to kind of be that beacon of patriotism well, for he, the country. He's got you know? too much red in his ledger, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a good way to put it. And he you know he had his mind wiped and torn up, so he's probably just not as confident in, mm-hmm. in what he's done and, and what he what he can do. Um, Falcon did get a pretty cool kick ass moment where he killed a giant ogre with his wings. Oh, with his wings, I was like, oh man, uh, Sam is getting pretty brutal here. Yeah. I don't think we've seen him do uh, something quite as uh, nefarious before to a bad guy. Man, that was that was pretty rad. Man, there was there's so much about this. this is, just break into i mean i i just i don't we don't know we don't know what the next steps are and you know like i, I like to always think about the next thing you know there is no in credit scenes there's an in credit sound mm-hmm. uh, of i think it's almost just supposed to be more of an homage to is. when tony was in his cave that's where it all started in that cave uh even though it technically didn't because you know captain america got his powers years before that happened but you know that's the mcu movies released yeah in terms Mm -hmm. of 11 years and and disney did confirm that is the 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 sound of the hammer yeah and i i I wasn't sad we didn't get in credit scenes because i felt like that last 30 minutes of the of uh the funeral was basically my end credit scene there was a point in my head where i thought when the two armies were charging each other i thought that's where the movie was going to end it just kind of had one of those moments uh where the music was swelling and they were about to clash and i was like all right we're about to roll credits here uh because we've technically seen this battle already and it seems like they're pivoting to like oh they're definitely gonna win and i was like well that would be a bold ending uh but then the battle just went on and i was like oh thank god i really didn't want it to end there (laughs) yeah not quite as intricate as uh lord of the rings battles but by god that was a we battle. got uh, we got Black Panther running through like a line, like a uh, running back with the with the yeah. gauntlet. That that was really badass. Yeah, he had it. Spider Man had it. He gave it over to Captain Marvel, who then took it. It was trying to send it through the the portal. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen some people complain about that regarding the van that the the rat walking across the thing is the only reason Ant Man came back. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother me. Of all the things that could bother me, I don't care. Like. It's I all mean, luck, you know. This yeah, is I the mean, one really, future. 
Yeah, I mean, really, if you think about it, um, that rat could have came along in 20 years. Anything could have happened. When Ant-Man came out of that van, he still would have been almost exactly the same age because it's kind of like Inception rules inside of that uh, quantum realm, you know. Uh, I, I guess the Avengers on the outside would have been older, but everything was on pause waiting for him anyway. You know, it's not like Thanos was going to come back and destroy the Earth. No, there was technically no threat at that time. I think what maybe could have been clever, because it didn't bother me either, but maybe a way that you could have um, pleased the audience is maybe instead of a rat, maybe it was an ant. I mean, I guess an ant can't hit a big button, but maybe if it was like a small switch or if it was a touchscreen, then at least maybe you could think like, oh, maybe this ant remembers Scott. Maybe he he knows like the scent of the van or something like that. You know, just kind of like an animal or a dog knows how to go home when they're lost. So that could have been uh, that could have been clever there, too, because we really didn't get any ants. But then I was thinking, well, I guess when Thanos, you know, literally scorched the earth, I guess he probably destroyed every ant within like a 20 mile radius. So I guess we weren't going to see too many of them. Yeah. Yeah, um, that had me think. Oh, there's no more Bruce Banner anymore. He's he's a smart Hulk. Yeah, what do they call him, Nerd Hulk? Well, that's what they do with the comic books, not not in the yeah. movie. But like, he, he's Bruce Banner in a Hulk body. <laughs> he so, he he dabbed in a restaurant like a buffoon. Yeah. He, I loved it because it was just so stupid, and everyone was just like, "What are you doing?" Well, he, uh. so we never we. It sounds like we won't get the uh, unintelligent Hulk anymore. He didn't show up in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did get, I mean, it sounds like Bruce is stuck in the green body for the remainder of whenever. Yeah. But it seems like he, he likes to be there. He yeah. gets the benefits of being like jacked, uh, but also being under total control and he gets to eat a bunch of pancakes. Well, I think that was that pancakes he was eating or was it like crepes? Well, they like was, rolled up. There was eggs too. There's a bunch of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I saw the eggs. But he's a hungry boy. I want to see if his arm heals. Since he technically was the snap that brought everyone back. Yeah, I mean, he said it was uh, mainly uh, gamma radiation, so I could see him recovering. But I think we all kind of assumed, even from Infinity War, that if a normal human did the snap, that they just just weren't going to make it. So, like, if the Hulk could barely survive it, you knew, like, just a a normal soul wasn't going to be able to do it. That that only leaves, actually, um, uh, Hawkeye being the only original Avenger left intact. Uh, and Thor just largely out of shape. Yeah, as Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I'm, I wouldn't put money on that he's going to be in the next Guardians movie. I could easily see James Gunn, you know, just like writing a little line that says like, oh, I'm glad that Asgardian's finally out of here. He was eating all of our food, you know. Um, but it, it makes sense that he would go off and maybe have a little bit of an adventure that maybe we don't end up seeing, which wouldn't bother me too much, uh, even though it would be <laughs> that the thing of well, that that dialogue of who ca- who the captain was was hilarious. I, I really needed some of that levity after that funeral. Yeah. I was like, yes, please, now bring on all the jokes. I've cried for the last hour. <laughs> it's jokes and like a little bit of tension because you're like, who who is the captain? Yeah. He's like, yes, you, you are the captain. <laughs> uh, but Gamora is back. Uh, the old version of Gamora is back. Um, who has no memories of being on the guardians or even doing all the good stuff. Mm, now Quill has to win her overall again, like 51st dates, Drew Barrymore style. Yeah. She lost her, she lost her, her reality. And, uh, but she's always been kind of good at heart. So I guess you, they don't have to worry too much about well, she, turning her over to the she, good she, side. Yeah. She, well, she let Nebula out of the ship to begin with mm-hmm. in this. So the, uh, the, the good nebula, the, the present nebula, not the future, the past nebula. Mm-hmm. That's going to be confusing. Um, but you know, um, 
where, where do the where do the Guardians Galaxy stories go? We are we are in a very interesting place. Yeah. All right, uh, Chris, are you ready for a theory? I Since am we're, not. I, I, going. <laughs> I feel like you know we've uh, we've kind of we've uh, run our paces here, so I'm going to throw an idea out. So we we kind of talked about you know how how are we going to get mutants into this universe now? Because they're on their way, they're coming. Uh, Disney owns the rights now, so um, I was thinking there's two possibilities here. So Tony made the last snap. So we're not 100% sure how these stones work. We don't know if it's like a Dragon Ball where you get like one wish exactly and that's it. Or maybe it's a little bit more ethereal. Like you just kind of you kind of just make a, a feeling, an overall wish of maybe how you would like reality and existence to be and you make the snap and it happens. So I could see Tony in his final snap saying, I want all of these Thanos threats gone and I want to make sure that they can never happen again. Well, and maybe the way the stones interpret this type of wish would be mutants. You know, maybe now humans on planet Earth are, these portions of them are granted kind of these extraordinary powers so they can use them to defend themselves. Well, so that, that's, that's theory number, that's theory number can, one. Can I, before you put a pin two. Absolutely. Because I think it's the other way. I think Hulk has mutations in his body and when he brought everyone back they could have been like well we're going to bring him back like you so half the people who came back had the potential of having a mutated gene that gives them powers oh, so you think you think there was some sort of like um there was some sort of like sounding board that came off of like hulks like gamma since it's all ga- apparently it's all gamma out there in these stones so maybe he reverberated some of his gamma-ness yeah over the planet? they could be like oh the hulk brought him back but like you know he 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 He's never done it before. So rather mm-hmm. than, than making it two wishes on Tony, Hulk's snap reverberated what he kind of was. Like, bring them back, and maybe he was like, bring them back stronger or better. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, I could and, I could see that. So I, I, I agree with you. One of those two is probably the way they could, they could definitely mm-hmm. 100% go. Because they're like, oh, all these people are now demonstrating new abilities without mm-hmm. saying they've existed in the past before. And and theory theory number two kind of sticks to my original theory, which I'll reiterate again, is just like a whole lot of stuff happened to the time and reality in this movie. They were jumping back and forth. Uh, people were wiped off the planet, then brought back, and then a, a different subset of people were wiped off again. Just the whole churn of reality had just like it's like a wake like a speedboat just ran through it and then the water finally settled i could see just a normal reaction to that might just be another uh uh step of human evolution maybe that just triggered just uh just one little mutation in uh human cells and then that was just enough just this catastrophic event was just enough to trigger this evolution that, that's too much thinking um, you've already lost me you've lost the average movie goer i i don't think it's i don't i don't think it's too much thinking i think it's actually less thinking because it's a little bit more it's a little bit more just kind of out there you don't really have to explain it so much as just be like oh we came back but we didn't all come back exactly like how we were and you know some people might be like well what are you talking about it's just like well i don't know we all just came back to reality we're probably never going to be able to explain it so i could see maybe something like that going but I just got to imagine that's got to be the one of the best way you can bring in mutants because unless I don't know when they went back to, to the because I know in the ultimate universe, you know, humans actually created mutants themselves. So I don't know, maybe the fact that Cap and Tony were running around in the 70s, maybe they knocked a vial into another vial well, and then the only re- that created mutants. Well, the I don't only reason know. they created mutants in ultimate universe was because they were trying to replicate the super soldier serum. 
Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess that's a reality. That's a possibility. And they're like, a well, less well but now we don't have a we don't have a super soldier, Mike. So maybe they could be creating mutants, trying to make a new super soldier because Captain America is technically gone. Yeah, as long as they don't pull a, a, a Logan and they put it in the corn, like a reverse Logan, we're gonna put this genetic stuff in corn. And uh, I think they also did that in season two of Young Justice. I think there was like an energy drink in that that was suppressing powers or something i don't remember it's been a while but um yeah i feel like just the the wake that ran through reality there has got to have some reverberations like um you just can't you just can't mess with reality like that and just expect everything to go back to normal well sadly i think we will not get x-men for a long time I think we'll get Fantastic Four first. And ho- that's okay. That is totally okay and, with me. And hopefully that's on a cosmic scale because we literally brought back everyone in the universe, not just the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean for that? Like now, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a Galactus thing or a Nihil- Nihilus thing, um, but there's a lot of stuff. Out there. What about Carol Danvers' haircut? <laughs> I did not expect that to happen so soon. Well, Rocket wasn't expecting it either. What are you going to go? Get another haircut? Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, Who sorry. is, uh, real quick before I, I forget, because this could be a theory since you're talking cosmic, who's um, who's that other other cosmic villain that popped up in Earth's Mightiest Heroes? They kind of used him a little bit. He might have been like are you, purple. Are you talking possibly. King? Yeah. King, maybe, King's, uh, King's a time traveler, not a space no, may- person. Oh, well, uh, maybe Kane could show up. There, there's definitely more cosmic possibilities well, for sure. time travel would be interesting because they'd be like, well, we thought we, we'd stop time travel when we got rid of the stones. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we yeah, found could a technical be. way to do it instead. Yeah, maybe. Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, that's his name. I remember that fellow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kang actually has ties, I believe, to Iron Man and Vision at some point, too. So, mm-hmm. like, his origin. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff to going on there. Um, we we are we are officially in the uh, the uh, Saved by the Bell new class territory now. You know, we're if you want if we want an Iron Man anymore, it's going to have to be a new person at that at that mantle. You know, we yeah. are kind of doing uh, the official reset now. We've been talking about this for a while. What what are these movies like without uh, uh, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark? And now we have to grapple with uh, with that uh, effect. Yeah. You know, and well, um, or maybe alternate realities, or universes, yeah. alternate universes. Yeah, I, man, I really like him, Chris Hemsworth, and I really like Thor. So I'm glad at least he's he's still around. We can still we can still have fun with him. And Korg, Korg was back. I was happy to see Korg. I mean, he's of yeah. course he's playing Fortnite. <laughs> well, which is the the Avengers in game event is going on in Fortnite right now. Oh man, talk about synergy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play that as soon as we get off of here. But uh, <laughs> um, I, th- I think that's I think I think we we need to decompress a little bit and maybe revisit you know wow, future yeah. regular episodes. But like one right out the gate, mind blown and. Literally all the fan service, all the the theories, all the science—it all worked. Hopefully, it wasn't too mumbo jumboy for Mike because I know you, that was a concern of yours. Yeah, it but, wasn't it? Wasn't too mumbo jumboy, which yeah. was nice. And it was, got close. It, it got close, but not too much. Yeah. So, um, there's a couple points I think that could have paid off better, but you know what? That's the, we're nitpicking at this point. I just didn't want to. I'm going to go watch it again. That's what I'm going to go do. Gonna <laughs> so, Mike, uh, I think I think that's it. We're going to record a news episode this week as well on Sunday uh, with whatever little bit of news scraped by all the groundbreaking. <laughs> We're going to have so much box office news to talk about Sunday. It's going to oh, be so yeah. many records bro- broken. Um, Absolutely. So uh, anyway, Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, if you go see Endgame a second time, because we know that it's good if you go two times, 
Where can they find that at? Well, you know I like to draw, so I'm definitely going to do some fan art of Cap with that hammer once the spoiler period has passed, and I'm okay to, to draw that stuff and publish it publicly without ruining it for it. But if you want to find me, you can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you've cried at recently, because uh, we know we've been crying in these movies. Where can they find you? Oh, I'm, I'm a, it's a real tearjerker, Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. You can also DM me your uh, your thoughts and reviews of the movies there. It's probably the best place. Or over on Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, I did I did buy uh, that, that jacket I told you about um, and wore it to the theater. And I was the only one in one of the um, quantum suits. So I thought that was you're, pretty pretty interesting. You're, pretty too, fun. You're, too, you're too cool for school, Chris. I am. That's why I'm not in school <laughs> anymore. They kicked me out and said, you're too cool. Uh, you can also have your comic UI, Mike, if people want to know about our regularly scheduled news episodes, where can they find those at? Well, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place you can find all the avenues we host our show. We got an awesome upcoming releases calendar. Uh, the next big Marvel movie is Spider-Man for sure, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about uh, Detective Pikachu yeah. on this podcast, so make sure you're subscribed. And you also got to be subscribed because this is a movie that just absolutely is going to have to be tracked over time. We're going to be we're gonna be having new theories we're going to be talking about this stuff for weeks and weeks for years and years so if you want to keep up and keep track of all of the stuff that gets dug up from this film make sure you're subscribed and you can find us on apple Podcasts, youtube google Podcasts, spotify podbean TuneIn, stitcher iHeartRadio. you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store we got t-shirts hoodies anything you might need over there uh we love that uh we love our fans we love hearing from you let us know what you thought about this movie you can officially spoil it to us now so if you want to reach out to us directly and uh, have a conversation about it we're all good we're all ready to go i am off my uh i i turned off all of my muted twitter words now i'm finally back on social media in a, in a real way and uh yeah let us know your review um what was your favorite part of the film we all know what my favorite part is i want to know what your singular favorite part was because this movie's so dense uh the best we can do is just pluck out parts right now um if you want to be a super fan of the show, we love our super fans. Yes. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy. Then you will be a super fan, and we will be here every week. Stay tuned. Stay subscribed. We'll be back on Sunday with the news. Yes, we will. I'm looking forward to it. And for everyone else, uh, we're out of the end game now. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, I love you 3,000, Chris. All right. I'll see you. All right. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. That's America's ass.